You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on clean. Now looking at the crazy man in the synagogue. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. Welcome back. This is Clean Podcast 17. We're still talking about exorcisms, and I've called it the crazy man in the synagogue. It's also New Testament Character Study 61. This comes from the Gospel of Mark. I'll begin reading in verse 21, and our passage ends at verse 28. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. This paragraph simply sets the stage for the miracle that will be performed. Jesus is in Capernaum, his adopted hometown. He was brought up in Nazareth, but then Capernaum became his home. So he's right there with people who are familiar with him, and he's in the synagogue. And interesting, interestingly, Mark says, Immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue. Now, immediately is one of Mark's favorite words. Mark is a very short gospel. uses that word immediately something like 50 times, maybe more. And you'll notice the staccato feel of the chapter as a whole. Immediately. It's like bang, bang, bang. Baptism, temptation, beginning the preaching ministry, calling the disciples, the first exorcism, healing many, cleansing a leper. Ta, 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 ta. That's what I mean by staccato. Each account is uh, short and crisp, and there are many of them, and this has rightly been called the gospel of action. Well, this is going to be the first miracle, uh, the first exorcism also of Mark's gospel. And everyone, even before he does it, is amazed at his teaching. They will be even more amazed after he does this miracle. You'll find similar passage in Matthew 7 at the end, but Mark is much more compact than Matthew. Oh, notice what day it is as well. It's the Sabbath. So he's gone in. This would be uh, Saturday, probably in the morning or early afternoon. And that's the occasion. That's the place. That's the time. And he goes in there and look what happens. It's another immediately. Verse 23, and immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So again, this emphasis on action, things are really happening. This man has a spirit. It's an unclean spirit, right? It's making him unclean. And he knows who Jesus is. He has supernatural knowledge. He knows Jesus is the Holy One of God, something the disciples, it was going to take them a few more chapters before they kind of get the hang of that. And that demon knows that, it could be destroyed uh, by, by Jesus. We continue. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. Jesus tells the demon to be quiet. This is unwanted publicity. His disciples aren't ready to handle Jesus' true identity, at least until Mark 8, at the earliest. This is Mark 1. He doesn't need that kind of publicity. And again, notice this is an unclean spirit. Demonic possession is a form of impurity. It's something from outside the realm of God that's penetrated the realm of God, 
the right uh, locus of spirituality and holiness is contaminated. So it's a kind of uncleanness. And it's, as I mentioned, on the Sabbath. Remember, the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That point will be underlined and highlighted in the next chapter of Mark. But it's on the Sabbath that he does this healing. And there's a convulsion. Now, some would say, oh, this isn't a demon. This is just, uh, you know, that's what they attributed to uh, the demonic because they didn't understand. I'm open to that view. And some people I respect a lot think that way. Let me share with you a verse that makes it difficult for me to think uh, along those lines. And it's from uh, Matthew 4. Uh, 24, news about Jesus spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. So it seems to me that someone could be demon-possessed and be suffering from someone else, from something else, but in that list, in in Matthew 4, 24, demon-possession and seizures, epilepsy, are listed as two separate things. So I think the convulsion is more a manifestation of the demonic possession than the entire symptom or problem itself. This uh, spirit is loud. You know, Jesus rebukes him. Maybe Jesus was loud. I don't know. But he says, be silent. And uh, the, the spirit does the exact opposite, doesn't he? Comes out with a loud voice, crying, convulsing. Maybe, maybe it's just the boy who's shrieking this time. Hard to know. Let's continue. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. So our Lord has authority over the invisible spirit world. That is divine authority. Jesus' fame spreads, even without assistance from this man. Apparently, he was quiet, or at least he's not rebuked for, you know, messing up the the, the plan for uh, revealing Jesus' identity. But the, just the word of the healing, the word of the exorcism spreads, and, and right, rightly so, and, and that's natural. And so we see Jesus is not only a man of action, uh, who fits so much into the typical day he has and is helping so many people. We see how Mark portrays him with that word immediately. But part of Jesus' compassion, and in fact, as we see, it's the first miracle of Mark's gospel, is freeing the crazy man in the synagogue from his problem, from his unwanted house guest, from the demon. All right, it's time to make some application. Again, as mentioned before in the previous two podcasts, God cares about us. He cares about our children. He cares He cares about everybody. And his compassion includes healing, though that healing is not for everyone. And that's where the signs and wonders people and the word faith people are just wrong. Jesus actually healed and exercised only a very small number of those in the land of Israel. But that doesn't mean God doesn't care. And those he did heal provide case studies and examples and living color of his heart. Second, God wants to remove any uncleanness, demonic or otherwise, from our life. It may not be as dramatic as a convulsion and a shrieking demon and 
and, and you know, then we're finally uh, dressed and seated in our right mind. Though sometimes it's good for us to be seated, to slow down, and to be in our right mind, at dressed preferably. Third, God can powerfully transform lives, freeing us from the power of the evil one, and he can do it quickly. What is it that the Lord wants to expel from my life? Is it materialism? Have I bought into the cultural lies of Western society? Am I spending most of my money just affording my lavish lifestyle? Is it materialism? Is it sexual sin? Has something got a grip on me and I'm powerless and it's destroying me? Is it laziness? Am I just wasting time or a hopeless procrastinator? Is it an inward focus? Am I selfish? Is there a lack of commitment to the body of Christ? What is it the Lord wants to exorcise from my life? Is it a lack of evangelism? Do I believe these great truths of the gospel but rarely share them? That'll really mess up my heart. Is it hatred? Could it be bitterness or anything else? And let's not miss something highly obvious. That's that Jesus is awesome. I mean, this entire passage just shows us the kind of person he was, the kind of man he was. His deeds are awesome. He's awesome. Let's keep our focus on him, and we will be purified as we do so. Again, I'd like to read from uh, 1 John 3, which we had in one of the earlier podcasts. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. If we can let our hearts be changed by God's word, our minds and thinking be informed by uh, the, well, the truth of who Jesus is and, and understanding why he did and said the things he did, if we will look at Jesus and behold him, we can become like him. And ultimately we will when he returns. And it says that all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. To be truly clean, every one of us needs an accurate and crisp and and correct uh, image of Jesus. We need the right picture of Jesus to be like him, to imitate him. So once again, God cares about all of us. He wants to remove any clean uncleanness from our lives. He can powerfully and quickly transform our lives. So what is it that the Lord wants to expel from my life? Let's be honest about that today. Let's pray about that. And don't miss the really obvious thing that Jesus is awesome. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's teaching on clean. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.